0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Wodo Experts. To the end zone. It's hot. Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. The mark of fantasy
1: excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. Right. and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, November 29th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And... For the next couple of days, our guy, El Rey de Fantasia, is going to be in the Pacific Northwest supporting his Seahawks with the Twelves, and so I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, George Kurtz. George, how you doing today?
2: Oh, happy to be filling in for Mr. Angle as he's uh,
1: visiting his Seahawks to see how that goes for him over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. A bucket list kind of thing for the king. And so we appreciate that, of course. I got to ask you, though, Church, uh, George, I, um, I went over on mybookie.ag. I see that the Seattle Seahawks are 10 and a half point favorites. Uh, should we notify Vegas and all the handicappers and all the books out there in Vegas and let them know that the king is going out there? Because I don't know. I think that maybe moves the line a half a point. A
2: uh, half point? I think I think it's more like a point and a half, two points. You think it's ahead. a point and a half?
1: Okay. The question is, though, in what direction, George? Oh, I think it's bad luck, right? Generally, it's right that's to what I'm team. saying. That's what I'm right, It's, it's got to go the other way. It, it never worked okay. out for anybody. So it's got to be nine. I was going to say the same thing, George. I was going to say that, that hook at ten and a half really kind of scares me, if you want to know the truth. And I don't know if Vegas knows that the king is going to be there.
2: Yeah, I think uh – I, it's, it's interesting, right? All of a sudden, uh, fantasy-wise, Russell Wilson's running, which I know right. is great for a couple of my fantasy teams. Yeah, I think the, uh, the blooms off the road for uh, Mullins there. A little surprised he's still starting this game. He's, he's starting to look like that undrafted free agent, and we have no idea who's going to play wide receiver for the 49ers.
1: Absolutely true. I mean, we will get into that game, I'm sure, a lot uh, today, tomorrow, as we make our picks. George, I think we should, like, maybe be forced to pick that game, but we'll see how, of course, the line moves because they realize that the king is in the building. But we got a good show for you today. What we're going to do, even though the king is not here, we have his week 13 ranks, okay? And so, George and I are going to talk about where did he overvalue some people, where did he undervalue some people, and we'll get you you ready for week 13. It is a, you know, playoff push for most people, George, 13 weeks in the regular season. I've been asking a couple people this, and I'd love to get your thoughts on some of these kind of conceptual questions before we dive into the players. George, I'm getting hit up on social media with so many questions that are basically some derivative of this. I'm already locked into X place in my playoffs. Um, I want to avoid X team in my first round matchup. Should Should I tank so that I can, quote-unquote, arrange my matchup? Um, How do you feel about something like that? I feel that that's tempting karma, and then all of a sudden, you know, the team you're facing, they're like, ah, I'm not worried about Derrick Henry, and then all of a sudden Derrick Henry will run for 147 yards and two touchdowns on you, knocking you out. How do you feel about, like, trying to get too cute and arrange matchups? Well, it is
2: getting cute. I don't, think, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I've never done it, only because I never look at my opponent. It's rare, anyway. Look. If I'm playing Dane Martinez, I'm not looking at, at where you're in the standings. I'm not looking at what your team is. This doesn't matter to me. So, uh, you know, but it doesn't bother me, Dane. I'm not someone going to go, oh, my God, you're, you're you're ruining the league by doing that. You're losing on purpose. No, it doesn't bother me. You know, that is part of the game, I think. But there is something that's tempting the fates, the fantasy gods, you know, right. and you do stuff like that. And, and maybe it does come back and haunt you. But... I like I said, in some ways, I could, I could see it. You know, you're, you, you see the team you couldn't end up playing. You know, oh, my God, this team has injuries now, you know. Yep. Uh, they won't have this guy next week. Maybe I would rather play this team, you know. So I, I can understand it. It, it doesn't bother for anybody who does it.
1: Yeah, I hear you. It, but maybe I just have post-traumatic stress syndrome off of it. Two years ago, I think this was two years ago, George, um, I was in position to kind of do that, to kind of manipulate it, right? And I forced it so that I got the matchup that I wanted. And um, what happened? I faced the guy and I lost by like, you know, whatever. Small number of points. And the dude I was facing had as his kicker, Chris Boswell, who hit something like six field goals for the Steelers that day. And the kicker scored like 23 points against me and beat me. And ever since then... That's when you know
2: the fantasy gods are screwing Exactly.
1: And ever since then, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to play my lineup, and we're going to see. But one thing that you said, I do want to probe a little bit more, because Scott said the same thing to me, that he doesn't look at his opponent. He doesn't look at who his opponent is, necessarily. He doesn't look at his opponent's roster, even. And I understand that, because I I agree with people who are like, oh... um, I have Antonio Brown, and my opponent has Big, Br- Big Ben. Is that going to be a problem? Should I change it or something like that? I understand that, that that doesn't matter. My question is this for you. We talk, when people ask us questions all the time, George, about like, should I play this guy or this guy? And we say in response, oh, this guy has a safer floor, and this one is more the kind of boom or bust, the home run play. If you never look at your opponent, George, especially now, late season, when there's games on Thursday and there's going to start being games on Saturday and stuff like that, if you have the ability to have, like, a quote-unquote stable floor guy in your lineup versus a quote-unquote home run swing, uh, don't you kind of have to look at the matchup and see if, like... You know, halfway in, if you need to change and go for broke and go for something uh, like a, a Deshaun Jackson type, a Will Fuller type, if you have something like that on your bench and you realize your opponent, you know, started off big?
2: Well, one thing I will do, and listen, I understand that a lot of these are, it really depends on the person doing the rankings for the site. Sure. I'll see what I'm favored by or not favored by. You know, I will see that cause it's right there. It's okay, the going
1: into the league, you know, yeah.
2: Right, go ahead. So, like, I know in one league, for instance, I'm favored by 30 points this week. Sure. So, I I'm probably looking for more floor guys. Than I. I haven't looked okay. at the other person's team. But that being said, you know, even though I don't do it, in some ways you should. I can tell this little story. And once again, I may have missed the fantasy guards this year. I, uh, th- I think it was before Lamar Jackson's first start. I looked, uh, I happened to see who my, I was playing in that league. Uh, it was one of my home leagues. And I was playing uh, a really good friend of mine. And I happened to re look at his team. So, he had Tom Brady on bye. He had another quarterback. I forget who the other quarterback that was that week on buy. It's a two quarterback right. league. I look at this. Oh my god, he's got no quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I automatically. And this is by the way. This is after, uh, the uh the deadline. Went in, deadline. Right? The fan yeah. deadline. Right. No, it's after the, after the regular deadline too. So he was sleep, he was asleep he with the anything. wheel. He got it. He and I look at him like, oh my God! He, but he he's not even do first come, first serve. There's only one, two quarterbacks out there. It's the Baltimore quarterbacks. This is before we knew it was Lamar Jackson or Griffin. Uh-huh. I claim, I claim both. Both. So he's, uh-huh. so I screw him, right? He's got no quarterback. He can't do anything about it, and he couldn't. He only had one quarterback that week, and he still beat me by like 40 points. He crushed me. Oh and wow! It was like I, 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 screwed with the gods. I tried mm-hmm. to screw him over, played the game right, and I still got nailed for it. Thank you so much.
1: No, I hear you, and and I did that myself. Listen, I'm, I'm. Uh, uh, 11 and 1 now in my main home league. The guy who's in second place and is a stud. He's the guy that I beat in the championship last year, you know, he's won the commissioners of the league, he's great, you know. He, similar situation right after our ti- uh, af- right after our trading deadline. Um and this is like a dynasty league, so you got buyers and sellers, right? So you got crazy trades going on with draft picks for next year and all. But right after that deadline, um that following week, he lost uh he lost uh, he was, oh, it was was OJ Howard. He lost as his main tight end, and his backup tight end, hysterically enough, was Jeff Hireman. Um, and uh, what do I do? I'm ahead of him on the waiver wire. I ran and picked up Cameron Brait, you know, to play defense. In essence, I feel like we're um, old school, George. Maybe we're showing our age, but it's kind of like we're going Hollywood Squares, like uh, you know, Zsa, Zsa Gabor for the block. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's, that's the way we play it, and I completely understand that. Um, when it comes to the strategy, it is a cutthroat game. All right, George, here's the other thing that happens on Wednesdays. mean. Every single week, I get a notification on my phone and it says, you know, DeAndre Hopkins status has been changed from healthy to questionable. And I tell everybody every Wednesday and Thursday here, do not panic. These are just maintenance days a lot of times for the veterans. These, you know, what you need to look at is who is trending in the right direction as we go from Wednesday, Thursday to Friday. We'll be talking with Dr. A on Friday in terms of some of the main names, but as you look at some of the practice reports yesterday, George, you know, I'm seeing like Marlon Max still with the concussion. A.J. Green limited with that toe. Gus Edwards didn't practice. That's interesting. on Johnson still didn't go. You know, uh, Curtis Samuel, Mitchell Trubisky, names like that. What are the names that you have your eye on early in the practice week to see how they're trending as we head into week 13?
2: Yeah, I take those practice reports with a grain of salt. Right. You know, like, uh, like most of us, because uh, as you, I think you put it perfectly. Wednesday, first practice of the week is you know first main practice of the week is a maintenance day, uh, for a lot of veterans, mm-hmm. you know, so they're not going to, you know, they're not, we're not going to go all out there, so it doesn't bother me, if they're in, if they're not in, if they're not playing, and that didn't practice, I'll, I'll move on. Yeah, but there are guys who I'm worried about for this week. Doug Baldwin, you know, uh, he didn't practice. He's got a groin injury. Uh, not so much for Baldwin, but I think his status also affects Lockett more. You know, uh, David Moore. I think oh, he could be an interesting play this week because I think they're going to score some points against San Fran. So, Baldwin will be somebody I'm watching. Am I starting him? Eh, probably not. Uh, Trubisky, because once again, I'm not starting Trubisky, but he affects Allen Robinson. He affects Anthony Miller. So it's a domino effect with these guys and how uh, how they're going to play. I need to know, yeah, because uh, mainly I need to know before tonight. Because maybe now right. if, uh, let's say, if Anthony Miller, oh, it's going to be, right. you know, it's not going to be too risky. Maybe I better start Trey Smith over Anthony Miller then. So that's where it, mm. it comes in for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Question about Baldwin. You mentioned Doug Baldwin. And, you know, first of all, it's hard to have these kind of conversations with Scott, as you know, when it talks about the Seahawks. Let me get, let me get your insight here. What do you think about? Okay, I'll give you Lockett, but you mentioned Baldwin and Moore. And the thing for me is, George, these Seattle Seahawks—they are running the ball more than any team in the NFL. I think it's something like fifty-eight or fifty-nine percent. You know, so similar. The way I feel about the Jacksonville wide receivers, right? Like, I want no part of D.D. Westbrook or Dante Moncrief. Why? Because it was, for for the most of the season, Blake Bortles throwing him the ball. And, the, and the, the Jags want to win with Blake Bortles completing, like, 10 passes. You know, Russell Wilson recently won a game completing something like 13 or 14 passes. I'll give you Tyler Lockett because of the big play threat, but... Are you really considering any other Seahawks pass catcher, especially the way they've been so run dominant?
2: They're, they're catching touchdowns. Mm. You know they they are run dominant. There's any no doubt about that. And like I said, thankfully Russell Wilson's starting to run the ball now too. Uh, but he's throwing two, three touchdown passes a week. It seems like, you know, and then someone's got to catch those and it looked like it was going to be balled one again two weeks ago, and then he got hurt again. And now Lockett's the big play guy, and David Moore seems to be catching one every other week. So I'm somewhat interested. I think there are going to be points put up on the board here at home against San Fran, a team that I don't, I think San Fran, well, I don't have to think. They are terrible. And I think they're going to have issues all uh, all game here. So yeah, they, I have in the yeah they have Scott that, in the building helping them out.
1: Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> Is he helping them out? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So let me ask you this one then, George. You know, you you talk about Trubisky, and I understand the impact that you're talking about globally for all the other skill position players. We mentioned the Seattle uh, pass catchers. I want to ask you, one person we do know is out and will be out for the rest of the year is over in Cincinnati, Um, you know, The Red Rifle has been down, and A.J. Green is a huge impact here, right? You know, a lot of people are talking about that they need A.J. Green. People drafted him probably in the second round. He's probably a lot of people's wide-out one, you know, and and has been – You know, AJ Green. But here's my issue, and here's what I think is the fear for AJ Green owners, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, he got in a limited practice. Okay. And cool. But if you're a good team that has designs on the playoffs, George, what do you think about now that Andy Dalton is gone? If Cincy loses this week and they go to like five and eight, I believe that would be why in the hell would the Cincinnati Bengals bring AJ Green back at all instead of just shutting him down? Well, if
2: he's back already. he I think he will play this week. he He's much as said he will okay. play this week. Not that that means a whole lot about a player saying it because the team's going to do what the team wants to do. But if he plays this week and he gets through it, I don't see them putting him than sitting him. I'd be more mm-hmm. worried if they last second, he's inactive. Right. You know, because then that's a bigger a problem here. What if we so have like a right pitch now count? We probably won't know that coming in, but you said it. Even let's say you know he's not going to play a full game. They tell you he's only going to play, I don't know, thirty snaps. Right? What do you have on your roster to go that deep and you're going to sit AJ Green? It's not a great
1: matchup anyway. You know, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds or AJ Green. Oh, I don't think I could sit him for Josh Reynolds, even though I love Reynolds. I hear you but I'm saying like these are the kinds of I think these are the kinds of decisions that fantasy owners are going to make. You you're absolutely right. I'm not saying like is it Josh Green or Emmanuel Sanders cuz you know the answer to that question, right? And you're probably starting Emmanuel Sanders anyway, right? But that's the kind of question I think you might be faced with. Is it in the same way, vein that people are legitimately asking me Jameis Winston or Aaron Rodgers this week? George, you know what I mean? Like at some point you got to play for the right now instead of the name uh, you know, the name on the back of the jersey
2: Agreed I, I completely agree with you there I think when it comes down to green, my biggest worry is this you know, Driscoll, I think Driscoll could throw the ball fine, but how much work has he gotten with green? Yeah, Really, how much you. work, if any? It's, uh, as right. much as da- as Green is, is uh, Dalton's favorite receiver, and he's the best receiver on the team, I'm not saying that, but how much work has Driscoll gotten with him? He's been hurt now that Driscoll's the number one. How much practice is he getting in this week? How many reps? Right. How much time do they see each other in training camp? So that's my, oh, that was my biggest worry when they uh, when they change quarterbacks is now there's someone else who they become his favorite number one, someone, someone else that he's more comfortable with. You so know, you're yeah, saying, you said you John believe in that of like,
1: you believe in that thing? Like, oh, the twos working with the twos on the practice field. They have chemistry in that way. You buy that narrative generally? Like, when you have a backup quarterback comes in. You know, so for example, if Colt McCoy is in for Washington, maybe he has chemistry with Maurice Harris. Because they work together in the in training camp. The twos and the twos. That kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I think there's something to that. It's football. you got to go with who you yeah. who you know, where they're going to be. Who you trust. Yeah. This is not saying anything about Green. He's the best wide right receiver on a team. It's probably not close, but... How much work has Driscoll got with him? That being said, you know, if Green's playing, they're going to be calls designed just for him. Bottom line is this. Unless I hear uh, that Green's not gonna, only going to play a certain amount of snaps, I'm going to start him on Sunday. I'm not going to feel great about it. I'm not. You know, I have been in two leagues, and right now I've penciled him in, and I don't like it because I'm more of the magic than anything else, but I can't see myself sitting there.
1: Hey, right, fair enough. Hey, we're off and running here. Roto Experts in the Morning, Dane Martinez, and George Kurtz in today. And the moral of the story is George says, don't tempt the fantasy gods. Start your studs. We'll talk about it a little bit more, the impact on other Bengals and the Kings, Week 13 rankings when we come back on Roto Experts in the Morning.
0: The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game time decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Boo! Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. What's the most important thing you can do today? How about swab to save a life? Every three minutes in the United States, a person is diagnosed with a blood cancer like leukemia. Bone marrow transplants
1: give patients a new lease on life, but 70% of them must rely on a stranger for one. You can help. Register with DKMS to become a donor. You'll receive a swab kit in the
0: mail. Swab your cheeks, send the samples back, and you're good to go. Take the first step. Become a hero. Register today at DKMS.org. freestyle.
1: I told you about Josh Adams. He led the Philly backfield, okay? This is no committee anymore. This is no timeshare. Josh Adams had 22 carries. The next highest was Corey Tormont with five. This backfield belongs to Josh Adams. There's even reports right now they're trying to get him even more work. He's only owned in something like 50 or 60 percent of leagues. If you lost Melvin Gordon, if you lost Marlon Mack, Josh Adams is a name to know.
0: Tuesday and Thursday, 10 p.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
1: Welcome back, Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on right. the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Our guy, Chris Bovona, the manimal, bringing us in with a little Motown Philly. Voice, men, ABC, DVD. It is the East Coast family. Um, all right, let's keep it going here, George. We were talking about A.J. Green, um, Andy Dalton, the impact there on the Cincinnati Bengals. Let me ask you this. What does this do for... Uh, Joe Mixon for Tyler Boyd, you know, for Uzuma, for example, I've been talking and I think people, the natural reaction is like, oh, no, A.J. Green, that boosts up Boyd. And I'm like, not so fast because what it also does is have defenses treat him like a number one receiver and, you know, roll the safety over things like that. And I'm not sure that Tyler Boyd is, you know quite frankly, good enough to, you know, kind of be able to produce in that environment. So I ask the same question now about a guy like Joe Mixon. Are they able to, is he able to produce in an environment where they may have, you know, 18 guys in the box?
2: I would assume Denver, whether or not Green plays, it's, it's worse if Green uh, doesn't play, uh, is going to say, hey, rookie quarterback, <laughs> we're going to take away the run game. Let's force right. him to beat us with his arm. If he can do it, God bless. That's the way I would approach it from a defensive coordinator, right? I mean, that's the way I'm doing right. it. You said eight, 18 of the guys in the box. I'm certainly putting eight guys in the box. I'm stopping green, take away the run game. I put 27
1: game. guys in the box, all 53, oh, George.
2: <laughs> I agree. I'm right there with you, Dane. I do it as well. That's just, that's just the way I would approach it. Say it over and over again. I'm not going to let the big man beat me. In this case, the big man is mixing. Once Driscoll proves he can get the ball down the field, whether it's the you know, green, Ross, Boyd, I don't care. Uh, if, if, once he proves it, fine. Then we'll play it straight up. We'll play a legitimate defense. But until right. then, eight guys in the box I'm taking away Mixon. That's not to say you shouldn't start Mixon. Listen, if you can if you could sit Mixon and you got two other guy better guys, And right. Then God I'd, bless I'd love you. to have your
1: running back. Come, come right. God <laughs> right. bless you. Yeah.
2: But I think mm-hmm. uh I really think you're gonna need a touchdown in this game for him to pay off. He's not gonna I don't think you see him getting eighty plus yards, unless
1: over hundred. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, in a situation where I may be able to do that exact thing because my guy, the emerging Nick Chubb, might be the guy that I'm able to put in that spot that I was uh, that I've been using for mixing in one league. But I digress. You know what you just brought up before we dive into uh, Scotty's ranks? I want to ask you, you know, a tangential question about that. I got a question from a one of my followers who asked me, like, you know, a forward thinking question that's similar in the similar vein. And I would love your thoughts on this. He said, listen, uh, speeds, he's like, I'm eleven and one, I gotta buy, I'm looking forward to weeks, you know, fifteen and sixteen. Which I agree, that's what they should be doing, right? However, and he was like, Listen, I own Saquon Barkley. I am he goes, I am very worried about the time week fifteen or sixteen rolls around that the quarterback for the Giants will be Kyle Laletta. And that at that point in time, teams facing the Giants will be doing exactly what you just described. And he was like, "Should I be concerned at all about Saquon Barkley?" And I'm like, "And in in response, I'm like, well, I like your." you know, your train of thinking, you are being strategic, I do understand what you're saying, but at the same time, what are you going to do? Bench Saquon? No. You have to ride with Saquon. So I can understand how that might depress Saquon's value, maybe in DFS or something like that, but do you uh, do you think there's the same threat there for someone like Saquon and Odell Beckham if uh, the Giants make the move to LaLeta or any other team makes the move to, like, you know, see the kids?
2: I think it's a, I think it's a legitimate worry, mm-hmm. I do because once again, with a lot of teams, once they are eliminated, uh, officially eliminated, which for the That's Giants right. could come this week, I believe once uh, if they lose again, uh, I, I do think the the air of the Giants balloon probably went out in the second half la- last week when they lost to Philadelphia, you know, and any chance of really them winning the, even the NFC least, we're not right out the door here. So right. do I think it's a legitimate worry? Sure, but you said it. What are you going to do? You gotta, I have Barkley in the league. Is it in the back of my mind? Absolutely. Am I going to bench him? No. He starts for me anyway. What are you going to do? I mean, it's just the way it is, right? I mean, it's it's bad yep. luck or whatever you want to call it here. I think the bigger argument would be, should the Giants bench Manning? I, in my mind, it's yes, even though yes. I don't think their quarterback of the future is on the team anyway. Tanny? Lillard, I, don't I don't know.
1: No, it's just I, the term. I, I, cheer. I Yep, I th- I've been making a couple of uh... – you know, bold predictions on who will be starting quarterbacks in places next year. Can I bounce some of them off you? I got a couple. Absolutely. Okay. Sure. I believe the starting quarterback next year for the Jacksonville Jaguars will be Joe Flacco. What do you think?
2: Make some sense. Make some sense. Uh, I mean, Joe Flacco, his team.
1: entire career has been with a franchise that wants to run the ball and play defense. Right? <laughs> like, he knows going <laughs> so to just do gonna that. say. He knows how to <laughs> the, do that, right? And imagine if Jacksonville had an actual professional quarterback there.
2: Oh, Jacksonville screwed up. I mean, Tom yeah. Corbett can deny it any way he wants. They, oh, I mean, they did what a they disservice to Bortles? that
1: franchise. They had a Super Bowl caliber defense, they had a running game that would travel anywhere, including Foxborough or Pittsburgh, and they had options out there. Listen, George, Tyrod, or excuse me, Tyrod, right, was a quarterback that in the NFL history turned the ball over the least percentage. You put in that quote-unquote game manager on Jacksonville or Alex Smith last year on Jacksonville or Teddy Bridgewater in Jacksonville, and you have a different record right now down there in Florida.
2: You saw it in the second half of the uh, championship game last year against New England. You took the ball out of Bortles' hands, which told you all you needed to know about how much you trust him. You don't or you didn't. Yet you signed into a contract extension. Granted, it wasn't a huge contract extension, and one you could easily get out of without really much salary cap harm. But you pretty much told everybody, including board, including the defense or the offense, everybody in the organization and the league, yeah, we don't trust this guy. Yet you didn't make a move here. You didn't want to pay cousins the ninety guaranteed. Fine, Fine. I sort of get it here, (laughs) but there were other guys out there you mentioned, Bridgewater. Terod Taylor, Keenum. Yeah. Not, not that I love Keenum either, but right. there were other guys out there to get, and you st- stood, pat. Or maybe you got to make a move in the draft and get one of these guys. Sure, sure. Yeah, you, gotta, you and, know, NFL is a quarterback-driven league.
1: You can't win without it. Absolutely, absolutely. I think Terod would have been the fit there, to be quite honest. Let me give you—I give you one, uh, maybe two more. I believe the starting quarterback for the New York Giants next year. I think they're going to draft a kid, but I think their starting quarterback will be. Ryan Tannehill, George, how do you feel about that?
2: I've been saying for years I think Miami should get away from Tannehill. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think now at any time now is okay because once again, the first thing I look at with quarterbacks is the, the cap hit. Yeah, you know, how much money were, and will they uh, will they get charged? And they they can survive Tannehill's cap hit easily. So I think it does make sense for him to go. I don't think he's going to the Giants though. I okay. don't because I I don't think the fans will accept it. <laughs> you know, he's he's yeah. the guy over Manning, really? You didn't take yeah. a quarterback. Well, no, last year, see, I think didn't.
1: I think it's not he's the guy. I think he's the bridge guy, and they draft someone like I think the Giants are going to draft. You know, call it A uh, bear, call it Will Greer, call it Drew Locke, whatever. I think he's going to be like the bridge.
2: Yeah, uh, they're definitely drafting a quarterback. No choice yeah. there. I wonder in this case though, where where's Eli going? Is Eli retiring?
1: Uh, I haven't. I, I mean, he could be Jacksonville. Also, um, he could be Miami. Also, he could be um, he could be Tampa Bay. Also, you know, I mean, there's a lot of places he could go. And that brings me to my last one. I believe Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback for. The Cincinnati Bengals to bring it full circle. I think the Bengals can move on from Andy Dalton here. I think, listen, that that's kind of gotten stale. I think in some ways, I, anal- I, I I draw analogies of two teams in the AFC North. I think the Bengals and the Ravens both have head coaches who have been there for ten plus years, where the message may be getting a little stale. Quarterbacks that are on the downside of their career. I think they see what Pittsburgh's doing. They see how Cleveland is sort of kind of on the ascending part. Of their cycle, and I think they realize that it's time to kind of you know break it on down and be in the bottom part of their cycle.
2: My only uh, issue with this is and I do, I do think Winston gets another job next year. Yep, Cincinnati is where he imploded this year, you know, when he came right. back at the five, what, five interceptions, five-in-deceptions. You wonder if that sticks in the uh in the back of everybody's minds. So the fans there, too, I wonder if they have a hard time there, but uh, they have to move on from Dalton, they have to move on from Marvin Lewis,
1: too, right? right. Please don't saying. tell me it's gonna be Hugh Jackson. Oh God, please no. But that's what I'm saying. All it takes is one team to be like, yo, I can take this 24 year old former number one overall pick and, you know, make it my, you know, make, you know, train him, coach him up, you know, kind of thing, get him out of Florida and maybe he's not, you know. Maybe he's not taking Uber everywhere anymore, something like that. But I digress. Let's get uh, short-term here because we have a whole off-season to talk about stuff like that, George. But Week 13 is on and popping. I'm looking at Scott's Week 13 ranks, and I got to tell you the truth. I am very surprised by someone in his running back ranks. Listen. We talked waivers on Tuesday, George, and we talked about how, like, listen, Austin Eckler being owned in 70% of leagues is crazy. You need to go out and check that. I talked about a guy like LeGarrette Blunt, who scored two touchdowns against the Bears defense if there's no carry on Johnson, right? I talked about a number of other guys. We've been batting around names like Josh Adams and Peyton Barber and stuff like that. But I'm very intrigued, George. If Marlon Mack uh, misses this game with a concussion, I think there is no high, like, hotter offense right now than the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck has thrown three or more touchdown passes in something like seven games in a row. I believe that Andrew Luck and Phillip Rivers both need to receive consideration as fringe MVP candidates, for goodness sakes. But then I look at Scott's running back Ranks and Naheem Hines, who Scott has liked all season long and who would be in position to get a much bigger workload if, in fact, Mac is out. He has Naheem Hines as running back 36. George. He has Marlon Mack as running back 39. I want a piece of the Colts running back room. I don't care if they're facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts are hot right now. I would want. A, I would start Colts running back. It doesn't look like Scott would. How do you play Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack this week? I guess he's worried about the Jaguars
2: a little bit. Uh, Mac is in the concussion protocol once again. Not all that worried about him missing yesterday's practice. Generally, with the concussions, it's Thursday, Friday. That's when they got to clear. That's when they got to get right. in there. Now I have Mac in the league. I have Mac in the league where I'm just getting crushed with running backs: Freeman, Gordon, there's somebody else in there. Oof. I have two that's on, that's out. Thank God we only have to start one. At least I'll have at least Josh Adams this week. Uh, but I'm just getting bum crushed at running back. So I'm really hoping Mac plays here. Uh, maybe Scott's just hedging his bets here, not knowing which guy was going to go. But you're right; it's uh, mm-hmm. usually we'd have Mac at like 23, and then maybe Hines at the 36. Fine. And you're saying you'll start Mac, and you probably just pretty much swap them if Mac is out. I'm on Hines a bit as well. I would have him ranked higher. I do have him ranked higher than 36, but uh, okay. not much higher. I'm at 31, so I'm not. So really you have gonna him as a flex, us.
1: not an RB2 though.
2: No, no, I I don't. That's the part. Of that's because I'm playing. I think Mac's going to play. I do have what if to they declare
1: that Mac is out? What if you get word on, you know, let's say we get word on Saturday, you know, he's out. Then, in that scenario where the path is proverbially clear, right, um, and you're in a PPR format, I'm trying to angle, like, can he be an RB2 in your mind? Are there any circumstances? Mac out, PPR league, it, could Hines be an RB2 for you this week?
2: He can because there's several guys I'd probably start him over. Guys that people seem to like more. I, don't, I like Hines more than Coleman on Atlanta, Okay. I mean, once again, Coleman, there was an interesting stat this week on Coleman that I saw. On 19, it was 19.6. It was just, just under 20%. So it's just under one of every five of his runs is for negative yardage. Really?
1: Think about that. Think about that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, that, is that is Coleman. Coleman? couldn't that, Barry uh, Sanders, Sanders have line? the same stat? Doesn't Barry Sanders ba- Barry, have the same stat? does not Barkley like Barry Sanders.
2: Barkley was actually up there. But Buckley was about, okay. uh, about 12 about 13%. He was one of the guys, too, that was – because, once again, guys who dance behind the line of scrimmage same sometimes. kind of thing. right. Right. LaShawn McCoy 12. probably
1: in there as well, maybe.
2: And I'll tell you, McCoy's another guy that I might start yeah. Heinz over. You know, yeah, same yep, thing. I agree. Not really – I, I was starting with Carlos Hyde.
1: And that's like, give me yogurt. shares of the Colts offense right now instead of Buffalo or Jacksonville. The size of the Indianapolis pie right now is just so big and growing that I want to share of that. Same as what we talk about, like a guy like Josh Reynolds, for goodness sakes. Same as why when Simeon Watkins, we don't know if he's going to finish a quarter, let alone a game. We still want shares of him. Why? Because he's on that high-powered offense. Give me one of the Williams-wide receivers, you know, ahead of, most, uh, ahead of uh, Zay Jones or anybody else like that, you know what I mean? Give me, you know, um, give me shares of these high-flying offenses that are really ruin, uh dominating the league in any way, shape, or form that I can get, right? And Naheem Hines is part of that in my opinion. Agreed. You get all all from me here. Like I said I have a 31. I already <laughs> named
2: three or four. And I just went real quick here. If sure. he I could see I could see him getting into my running back twos. I said I already got him down with 27. And I, I said I didn't even look hard. I could easily see him getting three, four spots higher. So yeah, sure. Mac is out. Heinz will certainly be in running back two uh, status, and it's mainly for what he can do. And I love the offense as well. You mentioned Andrew Luck. I think he's got what at least twenty-three fantasy points, and
1: oh yeah, it? so it's like ten out of oh, twelve yeah. weeks. It's crazy. He's rest back. Rest of the season, he's QB two for me. I, I, I'll take Patty Mahomes, and that's about it. Rest of the season, like sure, give me give me some of these guys: Drew Brees, Garrett, Garrett Goff, stuff like that. But they got running backs that steal touchdowns from them. The Colts do not have that uh, goal line running game right now. So give me Andrew Luck over most. I'm with you there. No argument. Yeah. So let me ask you this one. on uh, In this game, I think it's a very interesting AFC South game. The Jags are home dogs, five-point home dogs, Indianapolis coming in hot. These teams going in different directions. How do you play the Jags running backs? George, you know, we know Leonard Fournette is out. I've had a lot of questions about Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon. I lean Yeldon just because of the potential in the passing game. What say you, my friend? I think they're both going to play. It's a problem.
2: You know, now I, I'll right. fully admit, in one league I'm playing in, uh, Hyde was available. Yeldon was not. And I have a lot of Fab money there. I made sure I got him. Just because I want to make sure I'm blocking anybody else. From getting high this week, because I, I think I need a win or I need points in that league. Uh, for, for what it's worth, by the way, in fantasy, I love leagues where, you know, generally six teams make the playoffs, but that six team, regardless get of points. record, is the team with the most points that, you know, that got screwed all year long, which, in, for, me, it's, for me, it's mean a lot of leagues. So I love, that's why I love that rule. I just think it's, uh, it takes away some of the luck factor away. You gotta play doubleheaders each week where you'd be, a, you know, you, you play your head to head and then the top six teams in points also get a win and the bottom six we get a loss. I like yeah. that as well. Once again, it takes away some of the luck factor. If you, I'm always playing the team that had 1,000 points that week. Well, you can't say that anymore. So exactly. uh, I claimed Hyde for that reason, just to make sure uh, I can get him and uh, keep him away from an opponent of mine. Uh, so I think it's going to be a split 60-40. I think Hyde may get more of the run plays and Yeldon yeah. more of the pass plays. So really, what we're really going to look at there is who's the goal line guy. Assuming they get goal line
1: tries. It's Cody Kessler, quarterback. Right. <laughs> That's the other thing.
2: <laughs> it, it, it's ugly here. I'm not really dying for either one here. It's a mess. <laughs> and now we're hearing what Jalen Ramsey may not play. Not, not that that affects yep. the offense, but it does in some no, ways. Because the I mean, Indianapolis may have the ball all day long. This may not matter. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's, this, is, this is This has all the makings of an ugly game.
1: So are you taking the Colts minus five on the road?
2: Am I going to take the Colts? Uh I'm certainly not they're taking right uh, now the Jaguars. I'm not taking the Jaguars. There's no okay. chance I would take the Jaguars. Now so you'd you lay the tomorrow. five
1: points with them on the road.
2: I think I would. I think the Jaguars. You don't have are to make it.
1: You don't have to make it one of your official picks per se. But I think it's. I think really, it's really close
2: though. <laughs> It'll it be close really to is. one of my official picks. I think. It I think is. the Jaguars are a mess. You go to Cody Kessler. You bench that. Ramsey's not playing. You have no nets out because he's fighting people. Exactly. I mean, the even they're like gonna band together.
1: And they, 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 they're performing like an, an MVP. You think the Jaguars locker room really has that in them right now? To band together with their backs against the wall? Doesn't sound like that when I read GQ articles, George.
2: <laughs> if their record was reversed, then yes, sure. I think that they could. They're done. Put a fork. In. I
1: agree with you. I think I would lay the five points. I think the Colts have all of it in front of them. They are riding high, and I believe in the captain Andrew Luck. We'll talk about this. It sounds like the Jags are about to bite the dust. When we come back, George, we'll talk wide receiver ranks, tight end ranks as well, and we'll preview Thursday night football. It's Roto Experts in the morning. Long Island strong and the boogie down Bronx coming back after this.
0: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day.
1: The sun can make your outdoor deck and patio space so
0: hot and uncomfortable you can't use it. But now there's the Sunsetter retractable awning. It provides protection from the sun's harmful rays and can keep your patio about 20 degrees cooler. Call 800-869-4993 now and you can get your Sunsetter for as little as 5.99 with your special $200 discount certificate. Call 800-869-4993 now for your discount certificate and you'll also get a free awning idea kit. Call 800-869-4993. That's 800-869-4993. And Indeed knows it's hard to find qualified candidates when you're hiring. It's like finding a unicorn. But when you post your job on Indeed, it's easy to find people with the skills you need.
2: Nurse practitioner, 4-plus years experience, acute care certification.
0: Indeed has a huge pool of amazing candidates and screener tools that help you find your most qualified applicants.
2: Whoa, an entire short list of unicorns.
0: See why more than 3 million companies worldwide use Indeed to hire. Post your job at Indeed.com hire. Indeed, the world's number one job site. Source.com score total visits. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Fantasy Sports Today. Scott, you have Gus Edwards as running back 20, and you have Alex Collins as running back 59. This is pretty much settled science that Gus Edwards is now the back in Baltimore, and Alex Collins is, in essence, a handcuff?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking at. Gus Edwards is the guy now. He's behind Chase Edmonds because David Johnson is ranked
1: higher than Gus Edwards, obviously. So, you know, the handcuff to David Johnson is obviously going to be ranked higher. Alex Collins may lead a committee there. Weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio
0: and on your popular podcast providers.
1: Welcome back, Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and George Kurtz taking you through. This hour until, you know, breaking down stuff for week 13, getting you ready. We'll preview Thursday Night Football in a hot second. We've been talking about some running backs that you can plug on in and how we view them. We'll move to the wide receivers. But real quick, George, we were talking about, you know, guys like Naheem Hines fitting in because of injuries, let's say. And we know Marlon Mack is out. We know on Johnson is potentially still out. He's dealing with what many believe is a multi-week kind of knee sprain how would you put up some of these kind of like next man up kind of guys? If I told you Austin Eckler for the Chargers, uh, Naheem Hines under the assumption that there's no Marlon Mack, if I give you LeGarrett Blunt under the assumption that there's no carry on Johnson, how would you prioritize those three kind of like next man up handcuffs? Eckler, Hines, and Blunt under the assumption that all three of them are the lead back for the, their teams.
2: Well, when you go, it's funny. They're all different, right? Plu's uh, yeah. a touchdown guy. You know, he'll get more run this week because, well, there's nobody else. <laughs> there's, just, there's just nobody else. Riddick's gonna be the guy who catches the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. blood will do everything else. The problem is, Rams are gonna be up what, twenty points? So Riddick, you know, seventeen be on the field. points. So Riddick will be on the field a whole lot. I love Riddick this week in PPR. Mm. I think he's going to catch a whole bunch of balls here. Uh, so, so Blunt, you're going to need that touchdown. And maybe it comes, maybe it doesn't. I know he had two for Chicago. Different kind of team, though. You knew that game would be somewhat close. Right. This game, I don't expect it to be. Uh, I like Ickler. I like Igler a lot. Uh, but not the greatest matchup here against Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, was it Monday? Uh, no, Sunday, it was Sunday night, night, I think. And, but you don't uh, think there's going to
1: be a high-scoring game, kind of back and forth, enough production to go around for all? I do,
2: but I think it's gonna be more uh, running than uh, throwing the ball than anything else. But that being hmm. said, I do okay. have Eklund out, out of these okay. three. He is my one. Hines is just behind him. Okay. Uh, I, I like Hines. We already discussed Hines, so I'm not gonna go into it more. Sure. But I think I think Indianapolis gonna score a lot of points. I do. Okay. And I think they're gonna win the game. It's a matter. Of, it's trying to figure out who's gonna get the touchdown. And I figure or oh, I think I, li- I, I like Eakler to get that into the end zone more than I do Hines.
1: And you like these guys more than some of the other names I, Scott and I have been batting around this kind of like maybe pick-up, next-man-up guys. Like, would you have these guys ahead of, say, Josh Adams, ahead of Peyton Barber, ahead of Gus Edwards, ahead of any Oakland backs, names like that? Certainly ahead
2: of any Oakland backs. No, <laughs> not a problem there. I'll pass right. on the Oakland backs. Oh. Sure. Listen, I, I like Jalen Rashard. I do, but man, this guy, the man never scores. Never right. scores. He's sort of a poor man's theoretic in, in that sense. Right. Uh, I mean, I like Gus Edwards a whole lot. Uh, I do. know we are a little surprised he didn't play yesterday, but I just think they're trying to keep him healthy, and they're not right. sure about Collins this week. It's a good matchup again against Atlanta. It sure so is. I like uh, Right, right. It, it is. I like Gus Edwards a whole lot this week. I think he's, once again, he's not an RB1, but he's a strong RB2 here. I'm not worried about him. Josh, Edward, uh, Josh Edwards, Josh Adams, Adams yeah. wasn't very happy to hear the offensive coordinator say yesterday that he's still a committee going there. Hmm. Really? Really? Right. Adams hasn't done yeah. enough for you? What you Mike McCartney reincarnated? He
1: is that guy, yeah. I agree with you. Right, what are you to Go Adams. back to Corey Clement, Smallwood. We know what these guys are. Um, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I think Adams is very, very intriguing and fills a role there that they want, similar to what they you know, hope they would get out of Jay Ajayi. Hey, George, let's uh, turn our attention to wide receivers a little bit. I look at Scott's ranks, and listen, I'm not worried about the top 24 in his ranks, right? Because what am I going to tell you? Even if he's down on a guy like, for example, he's a little bit down on Kenny Galladay this week, but what are you going to do, not start Kenny Galladay? Of course you are. So I look more like in the kind of, you know, the 25 to 40 range because that's where you're actually making decisions on guys. And one guy that Scott is higher on, two guys that Scott is higher on than the consensus ranks. I'd like to get your thoughts on. The first is Demarius Thomas for Houston. Okay, DT looks like he was kind of the red zone option for Deshaun Watson on Monday night. It pissed me off. I needed DeAndre Hopkins to get 14 points in a league, and he, you know, for the first time all season could not deliver for me, but it's because DT got two touchdowns. It looks like Kiki QT continues to be banged up. Demarius Thomas growing in his maybe understanding on the offense. Do you Agree with Scott that the hour's pointing up on DT.
2: It's so hard to rely on touchdowns, right? Even if he is the red zone guy, which is which is a one game game plan sort of thing, right? You know, you, you don't know what's going on. He's been quiet the first couple of weeks. We had three catches in two games. Right. All right, that was doing nothing for you. A lot of people took him out of, of the lineup this week, and he sort of screwed everybody over with those two touchdowns. Sure. Hopkins owners, he screwed over. He screwed over yep. Thomas Owens because nobody put him in the lineup. So to, to assume he's going to be that guy, I think he's a wide receiver three. You know, so he can certainly be in your lineups here, but he's not someone I'm going to rely on.
1: All right. Fair enough. So you, have, you see it's similar to Scott. Scott, has him as wide receiver 29, so that's right there in wide receiver 3 territory. I want to ask you about another guy who's right behind him in Scott ranks at wide receiver 30. You, you've you heard my thesis already. I've said it a few times. Give me any piece of the Rams offense, the Saints offense, the Chiefs offense. You know, to a lesser extent, teams like New England or Pittsburgh or the Chargers or, you know, what have you. I want pieces of those offenses. But George, what do we do with Traquan Smith? Traquan Smith is ranked as Scott's wide receiver 30, six spots higher than the consensus, and I've been riding the Traquan Smith roller coaster, and I've been wrong every single time. He was on my bench the week he popped off for, like, you know, 20-some-odd fantasy points. Then the next week, I was like, yo, let me get Traquan Smith in my lineup, and he put up squad douche for me, okay? Like, how... How are you playing Traquan Smith? Do you believe that he is a viable piece of this offense that you want to grab, like even like a Josh Reynolds in, for the Rams? Or like is the line drawn above Traquan Smith, sort of like how the line is drawn above Sammy Watkins for the Chiefs offense sometimes?
2: Well, this is one where I don't agree with Scott. I have him at 39. Okay. So I haven't yeah, have back him as wide receiver four. Uh, I mean, you already said half the reason why, this inconsistency here. Weeks where he's just not a part of the game plan. It's a short week. He's been banged up. And he's not a major part of the game plan. Let's face it. That's Michael Thomas. That's Alvin Kamara. That's Ingram. You know, that, not to say he can't have a good game tonight. Wouldn't shock me. But it's not a, it's not a great matchup. Dallas does have a, a solid defense. So, uh, not that I don't expect the one to score. Of course I do. But uh, to, to bank on Smith at 30, which means he's your, a solid wide, your wide receiver 3. Yep, you'd
1: be starting him.
2: I, I can't, can't do that. No, I think there'll be a – no if this was a bye week where we had four teams on bye, we could discuss sure. this. You know, but no, this is with 32 teams playing. Uh, I'll be able to go in another direction. I do think there's somewhat of a high ceiling here where he could yeah, go walk. Of maybe he's the guy on <laughs> uh, you know, one of the Dallas secondary backs. Byron Jones would probably be on right. Michael Thomas, and, and maybe something happens here. But I'm not willing to bet on it, not for that high.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. So let me ask you this. You know, we talked about guys that maybe Scott has higher into that wide receiver that he would be starting as a wide receiver three. There's two names if we look at the inverse, right? Guys that the consensus ranks would have as wide receiver threes, but Scott has outside of his top, uh, let's say, 36 for this purposes, so not starting, right? One of them, and, you know, this guy's been frustrating all year long. What about Jarvis Landry? George Jar- Jarvis Landry Scott has ranked as wide receiver 39. And it's sort of turned into a fantasy what I call the fantasy herd there in Cleveland in the past game. We know what Nick Chubb is doing. I believe he's a back end RB1 rest of the season. But you got Landry, you got Njoku, you got, you know, Callaway. You got Higgins. You got Duke Johnson a little bit in the past game. You know, going into this season, I thought Jarvis Landry was going to be an absolute stud. And he has defecated the mattress for the, for me uh, in that kind of vein. How do you view Jarvis Landry? Are you are you still rolling him out there this week against Houston?
2: Well, I think Scott's probably closer to right here. I mm. mean, it's it's been ugly the past three weeks for whatever reason. He uh he had a good stretch there against Tampa Bay. Well, everyone has does well against Tampa Bay. Ten catches the next week. Pittsburgh eight. He's only had eleven catches in three games since. Why? What's, what's happened here that's changed is those games. Now, granted, he wasn't great in the games before that, Two, five, four, 5 4 11-3 there. So maybe those two games were just an aberration. You know, for whatever reason, maybe Mayfield doesn't look short. Maybe he's looking deep, you know, into, more into the secondary. Or maybe the routes right. that Landry's running aren't what's conducive to getting lots of targets, lots of uh, receptions here. Sure. You know, his targets have been blah. Once again, right. 15 targets the past two weeks after getting double digits. Right. And every and target. A target monster. One game.
1: That was his role in Miami.
2: But the question is here, you look at the first, what, eight games for for Cleveland, he had double-digit targets in every game but one. Week two against New Orleans, which is weird in itself. The last three games, 7-5-3. 7-5-5. Why? Why have the targets gone down to almost half? Is there an injury here we don't know about? Is it the you new know, the offensive, offensive coordinator one, going he?
1: to Duke Johnson in the passing game? In, those kind, in that ah. area of the field, is David Njoku similarly, right? Like if the, if, if the new offensive coordinator, like you said, the area of the field, maybe they're going to Njoku and Duke a little bit more in those short and intermediate routes.
2: I think you probably just hit the nail on the head. Okay. If there's not an injury, then the only other thing that happened in the past three weeks was the change. Yeah. So I think you probably nailed it there, okay. and I think the change has probably from Haley has has just hurt. They don't you. It doesn't make much, it doesn't make a lot of sense, mind you, because Landry Landry is still a threat, maybe not sure. a touchdown threat, but a threat. But they're using the tight end. They're using Duke more. There's listen, it's Cleveland. They're still working out issues here of how to get everybody involved in the game. Right. But I do find this strange. I think Scott's right in his ranking here. Okay. I do not think Landry's an automatic start because of he's a name player because he because you drafted him to be a wide receiver too. You know, it's not working out at this point. It's not working out. And once again, it'll depend on who else you have, as any of these questions do. But for me, he's not an automatic yes in your lineup. Click. No, he's not that person anymore.
1: All right, let me ask you something. Uh, I'm seven and five in you know the Greenwich Street Tavern League, right? And I'm like right there uh, fighting for the playoffs. So I need a good. I need a good performance this week, okay, uh, George. So I need you to help me set my wide receiver three for my lineup, okay? I am definitely starting Robert Woods and Kenny Galladay. Um, I have three choices for my wide receiver three, and all of them are within wide receiver 33 to 40 in Scott's ranks. Okay, so right where the wide receiver three should be. Should I start, George, Doug Baldwin, Chris Godwin, or Alan Robinson? Oh! Actually, or Taylor Gabriel. I have four guys that Scott ranks between 33 and 40. Who should I start as my, RB, uh, my wideout three this week? Baldwin, Godwin, uh, Gabriel, or AR?
2: Well, I'm generally risk-averse, so right. I'm probably not starting Baldwin until we hear better right. things. And I kind of you know, don't want to start
1: I, the Bears because it's going to maybe not be Trubisky. I have Godwin in right now.
2: Yeah, that, that's where I was going. The same thing. Really? I, I think it's different if we hear Trubisky's going to play, and he did. Right. He did practice yesterday, which is a surprise. Yeah, yeah. that came a, a long late. They didn't expect him to practice. I think it would be a Rob if I like what I hear okay. about Trubisky. But I'm risk averse, and I'm I'm doing like that in all my leagues. And I don't trust uh, Daniels whatsoever. So I'd probably go Godwin as well. They have a match. Well, it's not that they have a great matchup. But you're know only going to the Wolf
1: 8,000 times because it's going to be true. Right. And Deshaun Jackson, you know, seeing a hand specialist, you know, James I'm is going to him. put it up like 40, 45 times, right?
2: Done with Deshaun. Move on.
1: Yeah. All right. All right. So I'm going to keep Godwin in my lineup. And if I hear glowing reports on Trubisky and if he's back active, I may go to one of the Bears wide receivers, probably Allen Robinson over Gabriel, who just has, you know, sort of faded over the last couple of weeks. Had a couple of good weeks. But remember, Anthony Miller is kind of now back and taking some of that role. All right there, George. Um... Real quick, there's one tight end I want to ask you about. A guy that you know Scott is so high on these days is Chris Herndon, the Jets tight end. You know he has him over guys like uh, Vance McDonald, over guys like Kyle Rudolph, over Trey Burton. That may be tied to Trubisky as well. What do you think about uh, Chris Herndon?
2: Hey, who's gonna start for the uh, quarterback for the Jets this week? They don't know. Right? Is it is it McCown? Is it Donald? Is it Joe Namath? Uh, I mean, it's. A little worried there. Uh, I guess th- somebody doesn't matter. They're a bad team anyway. Right. Uh, Tennessee, decent squad. You know, I know they got lit up Monday night. They didn't look good, but they're still in the playoff hunt as well. Yep. Herndon, I mean, he had a big game last week. I kind of like where Scott's going here. You do? Okay. Uh, Burton is another guy, you know, where he's a name. We we expect the big things from him. It's not happening. Yeah. And uh, once again, he, it, well, his ranking could have something to do with Trubisky not starting. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe uh, Burton goes up. But even if Burton plays, he hasn't done much. The Jets don't have much to throw to. Yeah, the Titan true. has to get it, and Herndon. He's be getting better and better each week. So I'm on board here with Herndon as well. I mean, there's there's really no upside here, and that's that's
1: one thing I don't like here. But there's no upside with the guys you named either. It's true, and the tight end position has been such a dumpster fire all season long. It's crazy. The Jets have gone from a team that literally, I think a couple years ago, I think they threw a combined like three passes to the tight end all season long, and now they got a rookie tight end that's inside tight end one territory as you go to the fantasy playoffs, ranked ahead of names like Trey Burton, Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram, Jimmy Graham, and others, at least according to the king, Scott Engel. All right, George, we got a game tonight, Thursday Night Football. Football. The New Orleans Saints go to Dallas to take on the Cowboys, the fantasy executive squad. This is a battle of first place teams in the NFC right now. The two seed and the four seed in the NFC playoffs. George, the Cowboys are seven and a half home dogs. I usually love the home dogs, George. I love home teams on Thursday night football, but I don't think there's anything anybody can do to get me to bet against the Saints right now who I think look like the best team in football. The 7.5, half, that half point does scare me, but I don't see anybody keeping up with the Saints right now. How do you see this game playing out?
2: I agree with you. I, know, I, think, I think the Saints are the best team in football, playing well on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, they can throw the ball, they can run the ball. It's just they're a difficult team, and Sean Payton, even though I think he's trying to prove too much, how smart a coach he is. Right. But he's a good coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. He game plans well. And can you say the same thing about the Cowboys?
1: No. You know, no, you cannot. Uh, they do James, not have a good right. head coach.
2: <laughs> I think what's going to happen is Dallas is going to try. like to do every game. Run, run, yes, run with Ezekiel that's what I was Elliott. Say. And that—that's great. You know, if it leads to touchdowns. If it doesn't, you're trailing 17-6 before you know it. Because you've got two field goals, they got two touchdowns on a field goal. And then you're forced to throw the rest of the game. Yeah, you know, It's just uh, Tyron Smith may not play in this game for the Cowboys. He's questionable yeah, like best. And that's a huge loss there. And listen, I like Amari Cooper. Prescott's playing better with him. Yeah. But if, you, if this turns into a shootout, this could get ugly real quick here. And Dallas doesn't play. They haven't played at, at, since Jerry's World opened. They really haven't played all that well at home. Pretty much a 500-team at home. They play yeah. bigger
1: on the road. Yeah, they don't have that home field advantage that Jerry would have hoped for in his, you know, Coliseum to himself. But let me ask you this. Uh, So it sounds like you're on the Saints here. It sounds like you're willing to lay the points. You know, I don't know how big of a fight fan you are, George, like boxing. But there's an axiom in the fight game called style makes fight, right? And I think it's an important point that you made that the Cowboys are going to try to, you know, have Zeke run the day, time of possession kind of thing. I look at the total of this game. And I think like Vegas is confused. They don't know which way to go because they might acknowledge that style makes fight. And so the total is not up in the high 50s like it is with all Saints games, but it's not in the 40s like it usually is with Cowboys games and the time of possession. The total is 53. George, do you acknowledge or agree with the idea that style makes fight? And if so, which style will run the day? The Saints who can score at will or Dallas who at home will probably feed Zeke and try to, you know, keep Drew Brees on the sidelines.
2: The score that goes through my head over and over again: thirty-four twenty-three. So I'm going with the over here. I think New Orleans scores, but they don't score fifty because of, uh, you know, Dallas will have time of possession. They will. Mm-hmm. They'll keep running, 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 running. Even when they're trailing, they'll run, 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 run. That's what Garrett does. Yeah, it's like he just wants to safe play all the time. Thirty-four twenty-three,
1: New Orleans. All right, fair enough. You're taking New Orleans. You're laying the points. I agree with you on that one. I've told. Uh, Scott, I've told Blewett, I will never take an under in the NFL in 2018 again, and so I will not do it on this one. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than you do, George, but I'm going to pass on the total. I'm with you on the Saints, and the beautiful part about it, George, is that tomorrow at 7 a.m., we can talk about everything we saw, and I will be excited to do so. It is FST with Blewett and I up next. Great to have you in place of the king today, George. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Have a great fantasy day, all right? everybody have a great day good luck tonight